Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Top-notch sports talk you'll love from two guys you know and love. Welcome to the Chop Talk Podcast. I know. I know. Once again, long time, no talk. But once again, it's good to talk to you again. And welcome to the Chop Talk Podcast in conjunction with Fox Sports Wheeling. Still just me, Corey Klug. Chris Thilburn, recovering nicely from his surgery, just still some things to take care of. And that's the thing. When I think that we're in the clear, nothing major is going on, we can finally get back to doing this podcast regularly, something that you guys deserve, something major pops up again with primary duties, and we got to put the podcast back on the back burner. It's not what we want to do. I know I keep saying that. I know you're sick of me saying that. I'm sick of saying that. And you guys don't deserve to hear me say that. But that's the case. So hopefully this does not happen too much here in the future because we do want to get back into the swing of things, of putting episodes out there regularly, and giving you our thoughts on everything happening in sports. Because this, these first couple of weeks of 2023, a lot has gone on. And it kills us to not do these episodes as often as we want to do them. But we get tied up in primary duties. They need to be taken care of first. And unfortunately, other things suffer. And it's spilled over into here. So we'll just weather this storm the best we can, like we've done in the past, and just take it from there. But we do appreciate you standing by us, sticking with us, and coming on back to hear what me and Chris, when he's here, have to say about everything going on in sports. We appreciate you guys more than you know. And we're doing our best to get back on track here. So let's go ahead and start here in the NFL. Of course, the playoffs, very much in full swing, divisional round going down this weekend, and a lot of crazy stuff. During wildcard weekend. We'll go ahead and start here with the first game. 49ers trouncing the Seahawks 41-23. to But definitely a lot closer than the score indicates. I mean, in the first half, Seattle was leading heading into halftime. But then the 49ers just finding that extra gear. They're able to clamp down on defense in the second half. And 
They're able to pull away big time. Brock Purdy still looking impressive as all heck. Christian McCaffrey getting to the guy we all expect him to be when he's healthy. Debo Samuel doing Debo Samuel things. It just looked like the typical 49ers that we've come to know and love this season. It just took them a while to wake up and ward off the Seahawks. And I mean, give credit to the Seahawks. This would have been a much closer final score if the defense would have held up in the second half. This was kind of a concern for much of the season. Defense just kind of meh for the most part. But there's still a lot to love on offense. You have one of the best dynamic duos at receiver in Metcalf and Lockett when they're they're firing all, all cylinders. You got a darn good young running back in Kenneth Walker who I still regret dropping from my fantasy team to this day. Like the very next week, Rashard Penny gets injured and he, Kenneth Walker gets swiped up on waivers. And that decision is going to haunt me for eternity. Because safe to say, Walker can walk that walk. And Geno Smith setting the single season record for the Seahawks for passing yards in a season. Who saw this coming? Like, if you can look me straight in the eye and said that you saw Geno Smith break, breaking a single-season passing record this season, I would say that you've been drinking whatever Aaron Rodgers drinks in the offseason. Don't ask me to pronounce it because I know I'm going to butcher it. But the Seahawks still have a bit of a dilemma on their hands when it comes to quarterback. It was a matter of, are they going to give Geno a chance? Maybe Drew Locke? Maybe draft somebody? Trade for somebody? The dilemma still continues because... Geno Smith didn't look half bad at times. So do you stick with him for another season? Personally, I don't think so. I think it's more of a bridge quarterback situation than anything, but Geno Smith has definitely earned the right to stick around here in the league. It wasn't looking good until he got to Seattle and got thrown into the situation that he faced this season. But boy, did he handle it and handle it well. So if anything, Geno Smith has extended his career in the NFL by a couple of seasons, whether it be as a starter, who knows? But Geno Smith has done a damn good job this season. Just wasn't enough in the end. Again, San Francisco winning 41-23. They move on to the next round. Then the other game on Saturday, the game that pretty much got a lot of the talk for all the wrong reasons if you're a Chargers fan. Los Angeles up 27 to nothing at one point on Jacksonville, but Jacksonville comes back to win 31 to 30. Now with me tending to a Nailers game Saturday night, I don't I wasn't able to see what woke up Jacksonville, what fell to sleep for the Chargers. But this is one of the more epic collapses that you are going to see in your lifetime. Like this is one of the most Chargers things to ever happen to the Chargers. And they really let me down. I had the Chargers winning this game. I loved what Jacksonville had done over the past few weeks to come roaring back and win the division. But, and and, and I know there was a lot of an experience on both teams. First playoff appearance for both quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. First playoff appearance for a lot of dudes. But I just felt like the Chargers were a little bit stronger had a little bit more to offer. So I decided to roll with them and they burned me. So I don't really know if I'm going to be able to trust the Chargers for a long time. Don't get me wrong. Justin Herbert's good, but 
I just don't know if I can trust the Chargers as a whole for quite a while. And Jacksonville, just props to them to come back from the dead the way that you did. Hats off to you. Now, I'm not expecting the same thing against Kansas City. I'm expecting it to be a close game, but I still think Kansas City is going to win that outright. But what Jacksonville has been able to do these last couple of months is nothing short of impressive. And it definitely puts Doug Peterson into the conversation for coach of the year. Like It it, it was not looking good. It looked like typical Jacksonville Jaguars there for a sec. But Second half team, I tell you. And like I said, it puts Doug Peterson in the coach of the year conversation. But if you ask me, that honor is going to go to Brian Dable. Because of what he's been able to do with the Giants. And in a matter of that, in a matter of that, moving on to Sunday, the Giants able to knock off the Vikings 31 to 24. Brian Dable is my coach of the year because the Giants weren't supposed to be this good. Yeah, you had the Eagles. Yeah, you had the Cowboys. But you had the Commanders getting more of the love to maybe sneak in in a wild card. And the Giants just completely left out for the most part. But the job that Brian Dable has been able to do with this Giants team, the job he's been able to do with Daniel Jones, like he's still not necessarily setting the world on fire like Mahomes and all the other guys, but he has done a very serviceable job for most of the season. And did it again here in this game against Minnesota. I had Minnesota winning this game. Like I like I understand like it was hard to trust Minnesota at times, especially the last couple of games of the regular season, but I just thought they had everything together. They would have been too much on offense, and just like the Chargers, the Vikings burned me. It wasn't supposed to happen like this for the Giants, but Brian Dable has been able to make it happen, and he's done a good job in making it happen. And that's why he is my coach of the year, in my opinion. Pete Carroll, a very close second. Because again, just like the Giants, Seahawks weren't supposed to be in wildcard weekend. But here they were, in wildcard weekend. And a healthy Saquon Barkley for most of the season does help as well, but just an all-around great job by Brian Dable getting this playoff win and helping the Giants not only get to the playoffs, but get to the next round of the playoffs. So that's why Brian Dable, in my opinion, is the coach of the year. With Pete Carroll a close second and... Doug Peterson, a close third. So then moving on here to Buffalo and Miami. Buffalo came out to a pretty big lead, but then Miami starts to charge back. In the end, the Bills hold off the Dolphins 34-31, and they were making me super, super nervous. I said at the beginning of the season it would be Bills over the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I stick with my predictions till the bitter end, but the Bills definitely did a lot to raise my blood pressure during that game because... I was not expecting the Dolphins to put up as much of a fight as they did, especially the way things went for the last month or so. But credit to the Dolphins. When you have an offense like they have, you're going to stick around in a lot of games. And Miami was definitely able to make some things happen and make it interesting at the end. But Bill's able to fight it off, despite the struggles from Josh Allen, quite a few turnovers on his part, but they fight it all off, and it's on to the next round for them. Then later on that night, the Bengals topped the Ravens 24-17. Another close one here, as you would expect with AFC North teams. But as they say, defense wins championships. Or in this case, it will get you a little closer to a championship because Sam Hubbard and his fumble return, 98 yards for a touchdown, that pretty much sealed the deal for the Bengals. 
And now we get to enjoy the saga of what does Baltimore do with Lamar Jackson? Do they trade him? Do we give him, do they give him his money? I know they're going to try everything they possibly can to make sure Lamar stays a Baltimore Raven. But you know he's going to be commanding a lot of money. Especially since Lamar is representing himself, he's going to be commanding a lot of money. And I think in the end, it's just going to be too much for Baltimore, and they're just going to have to look into training him. That way, they get something out of him. I'm afraid it's going to turn into Green Bay, where Aaron Rodgers, where in that case, Aaron Rodgers gets so much money that Green Bay can't necessarily spend money to get the pieces that they need to be competitive. I'm just scared it's going to turn into that, and... Baltimore's just won't just Baltimore just won't be willing to deal with that, so they just find a trade partner. So that's where I stand with everything in Baltimore. As for Cincinnati, yeah, it wasn't really all that pretty. It's never really pretty when AFC North teams come together for a game, but as long as you come out on top, it doesn't have to be pretty. And that was the case for the Bengals here, so they move on as well. And then the Monday night game. Dallas just absolutely making Tampa Bay look ridiculous. 31 to 14, the final score in this one. I mean, aside from Bet Maher's incapability of kicking an extra point, Dallas was darn near perfect in this game. I will say I was pretty concerned when Micah Parsons went down with an injury right at the end of the first half. I'm like, oh, this is probably going to let Tampa back in, but everything was all good with Micah. And Dallas just keeps on rolling. So now we deal with the other question again. Is Tom Brady going to retire? Is he going to keep playing? Is it going to be with Tampa Bay? Yeah, something tells me he's not going to be with Tampa Bay for much longer. After what he after what he was saying during his uh, year-end press conference, whatever it was. I just don't see the point in playing another season. I know he's going to want to do it, but but at what cost? You lost your wife, you lost your family, and you just it it, it, it father time is catching up to you. Never thought I'd say those words with the diet that he follows and just the ageless wonder that he's been. But time's catching up to him. Now, I will say, if he does give it another go next season, he should probably go to San Francisco. We've seen Mike Shanahan's system, for the most part, just be plug and play when it comes to whoever's playing quarterback. And maybe Tom Brady can benefit from something like this, especially at his age. Like I said, if it were me, I just don't see the point of playing another season. But if he does give it another season, I say San Francisco finds a way to make it happen. Because... Las Vegas, yeah, yeah, you have Devontae Adams, but you don't know if he wants to stay there after they just let go of Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs is catching on, but can he consistently keep up what he did this season? Do you really want to run the gauntlet of the AFC West? Because you got the Chiefs. The Chargers have a bad taste in their mouths. So does Denver. Hopefully they get better next year because they were just atrocious to watch at times. I just feel like San Francisco is a better fit if Tom Brady's going to play one more year. So I want to see if they can make it happen. I don't know. But if it were me, I'd just hang it up. After the monstrosity of this season, 
I just don't see the point. But again, that's just me. So we go to the divisional round here. Got the Jaguars, Chiefs, and the Giants, Eagles tomorrow. Then you got Bengals, Bills, Cowboys, and 49ers on Sunday. Like I said at the beginning of the season, Bills over the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So you know I got the Bills. You know I got the Eagles in their respective games. Chiefs, I'm not saying they're going to win easy over Jacksonville. They're going to keep it close, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Not much else needs to be said. So Chiefs move on. The one I'm wrestling with the most with, the one I'm wrestling the most with, I should say, and probably a lot of people are wrestling with, Cowboys and 49ers. Because 49ers are the trendy pick, but the Cowboys look good last week. As bad as I want to go against the Cowboys, because the thing that's sticking out to me here, Brock Purdy against Micah Parsons, arguably the defensive player of the year. How is he going to handle a menace like Micah? That's definitely going to be a key factor in who comes out on top. But as much as I want to go with the Cowboys here, I'm going to say the 49ers. Just because I still have trust issues with Dallas's secondary. Maybe I'm looking back on last year too much, but it's just hard for me to trust them. So I say Eagles 49ers in the NFC Championship and Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC Championship next weekend. So with that, we'll go ahead and talk about the Steelers here a little bit. The the solar system almost aligned. Like, it's hard for me to believe that the solar system almost aligned for the Steelers to make the playoffs. But Miami kicks their field goal with time running out, and it knocks the Steelers out of the playoffs, even though they did look pretty good against Cleveland for for the most part. First half was a little shaky, but second half, they woke up. So it's not able to happen for the Steelers, but hey, at least Mike Tomlin can still say he's never had a losing season for as long as he's been head coach. And you got to love how the team improved over the course of the second half of the season, especially the offense. Najee Harris looked like the running back we expect him to be. And that's because, in another part here, the offensive line improved as well. Kenny Pickett, getting better as time goes on. The defense, once you get TJ Watt back, looks better. So maybe I shouldn't have been surprised that they go on this second half sur- this second half surge, but the way things looked in the first half, it-, it just looked like they were dead and gone. But they find that fight, and they come a field goal away from making the playoffs. But unfortunately, this improvement means that Matt Canada is sticking around as offensive coordinator. Am I disappointed in that? Absolutely. Am I surprised by this? No. Because I was scared that with the improvements to the offense, with them winning as much as they did, they weren't putting up too many points, but they were winning. And I was afraid that was going to be enough for Matt Canada to keep the job. Now, Kenny Pickett, earlier this week in interviews, endorsed Matt Canada. So, something to be said right there. But, We're not going to forget about this year, Matt. Not by a long shot. You better step it up and step it up big time because we're going to be dealing with this conversation again. And if your contract gets renewed, 
a lot of Pittsburghers are going to be PO'd. And the other big thing here, I'm not anticipating Deontay Johnson coming back. I mean, I know he was pretty supplemental in the passing game, but when you go a season without touchdowns, I don't think he's going to be happy. He wasn't necessarily happy with not getting a deal to begin with, so I feel like he's going to be going elsewhere. Which means they probably won't be addressing offensive line in the first round of the draft like I think they should. So maybe Kenny Peckett does get his wish of getting Jordan Addison and reuniting that connection. But we'll see how it goes. And then, of course, the scary situation to begin the calendar year of 2023. The situation with DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati making a tackle on T. Higgins, but suddenly collapsing after he got right back up. Turned out he suffered cardiac arrest, had to be given CPR, was revived. Just an overall scary situation. But fortunately, things have gone for the better. DeMar Hamlin is out of the hospital, recovering well. Praise God. We're pretty divided as a country as it is, but to see so many people come together and donate to his foundation, millions upon millions of dollars being donated to his foundation, that helps with the toy drive that he puts on in the Pittsburgh area year after year. And just seeing so many people united in prayer or just some form of good vibe and wanting DeMar to get better. You love to see it. And praise God for that. But of course, this has sparked up debate again of whether or not kids, young kids should be playing football. This was more so with concussions than anything else, but after you see something like what DeMar Hamlin went through, that's now taken to, into account. Now, I said a couple months ago when Tua Tungabailoa was going through his concussion situation that I would still want my son to play football. I would just be looking for a program that really hits home the importance of tackling the right way. If I see that not happening, I'm finding another program for my son because I don't want him to go through the concussion issues that some players go through. Even after this DeMar Hamlin situation, I still want my son to play football. But my wife's opinion of him not playing at all, it carries a little more weight. I'm not going to lie. It's an internal struggle that I'm dealing with here because I loved the lone season of football I played. I only played my senior season just to say that I did it because I know if I didn't do it, I'd regret it for the rest of my life. And still to this day, I'm glad I did it. And I would love for my son to do it for longer than a season. But I just don't know at the moment. Especially after seeing what happened to to DeMar Hamlin and my wife's stance on it as well. We'll just wait and see. Plenty of time before we have to make that decision. He turned five months this past Sunday, so plenty of time to make that decision, but... I'm a little bit more unsure about that than I was a couple months ago. As much as I would love for him to play, 
I just don't know right now. But we're all happy that DeMar Hamlin is okay. Hopefully nothing like this happens again. And we just hope that we do get to see him on the field again. Because that would be the comeback to end all comebacks. Whether that does happen, who knows, especially after something scary like a cardiac arrest. But if that comeback does happen, you won't find many more better than that. And this is the Chalk Talk Podcast in conjunction with Fox Sports Wheeling. Corey Klug here with you. Chris Thoburn, we will get him back on the podcast as soon as we possibly can. But in the meantime, if you want to catch up on past episodes, we're on the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And we thank you for your, for your support, even with these long lapses between episodes that we do not intend to happen. But life happens and work happens. So we thank you for sticking by us and we thank you for your support. So real quick here on the college football playoffs. I really hope we didn't take these semifinal matches for granted. Because that national championship game was not fun to watch. Seeing TCU get smoked like brisket was not fun. But at least we had the semifinal games to fall back on in terms of quality of play. So TCU, they're able to edge out Michigan, which... I didn't really expect. Big 12 teams, they haven't had luck in the playoffs. They're a little bit more suspect on defense, so I thought Michigan was going to have it was going to have it in the bag. But TCU just came out guns a blazing and never looked back. Like that 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 moment that Michigan thought they had the long touchdown but they were stopped short of the goal line and then they fumbled afterwards. You talk about a moment that leaves me in shock. That was it cuz I thought they had a touchdown in the bag, but then I come back, and TCU has the ball. I'm like, what in the world? So TCU is able to take care of business in that shootout. Hopefully Michigan is able to stay as good as they were this season. I've said it time and time again, I'll take Ohio State over Michigan any day, any sport, anywhere. But Michigan did look good. And you just wonder if Jim Harbaugh really does want to go back to the NFL. I know there are a lot of rumors going around that a couple teams want him. But if he does stay in Michigan, he's definitely got a good team coming back. So we'll see how it goes. And then the back and forth affair between Georgia and Ohio State. That duel between Stetson Bennett and C.J. Stroud. Definitely epic there. And seeing C.J. Stroud tap into some athleticism we didn't even know that he had was pretty cool to see. And I know there might have been a bit of discrepancy on when Ohio State's field goal might have actually missed, but... Either way, missing a field goal at the strike of midnight as we welcome in 2023, you couldn't have scripted that even if you tried. But Georgia's able to survive that thriller and then just absolutely smoke TCU the following week. So they're able to run it back. Whether or not they can run it back for a third straight year, it's very hard to do, but we shall see if it's able to be done. And I will say, Stetson Bennett, I still don't think he should have been nominated for the Heisman after the stat line he had this season. But he looked pretty darn good in these playoffs. And by no means will he be the top quarterback in a draft, but he's definitely going to get looked at and definitely should be drafted. So we go from football now to the ice. I don't mean to breeze through all this here, but got to get back to some things. So going to the ice here with the Penguins. I cannot get a read on this team. 
no matter how hard I try, I cannot get a read on this team. The wins that they've had lately, they don't make it easy. They lose games that they shouldn't be losing. And I know the Winter Classic was going to be a tight game, but you had it. It was a low-scoring game, but you had it. Then the defense decides to get helter-skelter, and Boston gets back into it and wins. It's been frustrating to watch. It was especially frustrating in Ottawa. Just seeing a third of the game be spent on the penalty kill with special teams and just not really doing a whole lot. I know Tristan Jari's hurt. I know Chris Letang has not been in the lineup. I know he's working his way back in. But it's been very frustrating to be a Penguins fan lately. I know they're in the second wild card spot in the East, but they're not making this easy. And they better turn it around here starting tonight in Ottawa. Against Ottawa, I should say, because they're hosting. The Nailers going through a bit of a rough stretch as well. They hold the fourth and final spot in the Central Division, but just a couple heartbreaking losses over the weekend. Wizards and Wands night Saturday, the first sellout in six years, or five years, rather. It was 2018. Just an amazing atmosphere to be a part of. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. When this promotion was announced, I had no idea how popular this was going to be. I was expecting a, a couple thousand at least, but by no means was I expecting a sellout crowd for this. But down to the last detail, it was perfect. It just would have been more perfect that we would have won that game. But looks like we definitely have something to uh, keep on doing because that was one fun night. And I'm not even a Harry Potter fan, and I had fun. So magical night on Saturday. Just would have been more magical if we would have won the game in overtime. And then another heartbreaker Sunday, losing to Kalamazoo and just the rough stuff after the overtime goal that they want to put on DeRusso. And I just really hope that that, that, that that all of our tough guys on the Nailers just cream the wings into the boards, into the ice, whatever, whatever they got to do tomorrow night to let them know that this is not going to be tolerated because... I don't really like Kalamazoo all that much after that. So, I mean, all the call-ups that the team has had to go through lately with Smith, Maniscalco, Brooklyn Kalmakov earlier this week, it's definitely going to make for tough stretches like what they're going through at the moment. But at least you get a point out of the losses against Cincinnati and Kalamazoo. And at least it seems to be some good goaltending to work with here. Not that Gautier was bad. But Bailey Birkin has greatly impressed me here. Just bounced around from team to team, finally gets a home in Wheeling, and he's done very, very well. And so and so is Barone. I know he's come out on the short end of the stick, but Barone does not look that bad. I will take either one of them over Tommy Napier at the moment, because I'll just go ahead and say it. It seems like half the time Tommy Napier doesn't even want to be in Wheeling. Like, just be happy that you're getting some of the playing time here, dude. I know you think you're capable of being on the baby pens. I know you don't want to spend too much time in wheeling, but just be happy you're getting some PT. You know? Just doesn't seem like he's, he's putting in the effort like he should half the time. So, keep him, baby pens. Keep him, as long as you want. Please and thank you. I never want to say that about a nailer, but it needed to be said. So, 
hopefully some better fortunes to come this weekend, especially since they're going to be on the road. They're in Kalamazoo tomorrow, Indy on Sunday, and then next weekend, next Friday, next Saturday, they're in they're in Kansas City taking on the Mavericks before they come back home February 3rd and 4th against Iowa. And hopefully some better fortunes to be had. And then to close out this episode, it's hard not to talk about Andrew McCutcheon coming back to the Pirates. And it's provided me some form of hope for a season where I'm not anticipating a lot of hope. And I mean, looking at the starting lineup, it does not look bad. As long as they don't have too many dry spells, they'll be in their fair share of games. It's the bullpen that still scares me at the moment. And aside from Bednard, it's going to be the bullpen that does them in. If they can tighten it up somewhat, maybe the Pirates surprise us and Kutch gets to go out on somewhat of a good season. But at least there's a reason for me to pay attention for the most part here. Andrew McCutcheon, the greatest Pirate of my generation. One of the people who helped end the misery of 20 straight losing seasons and provided Pittsburgh with some kind of hope for their baseball team. So I'm happy to see it, if only for a season. And even if Kutch seems to be past his prime, he still does good, but definitely not how it was about a decade ago. But it's good to have you back, Kutch. So I'll put an episode, the end of this episode of the Chalk Talk Podcast. Again, we thank you for sticking by us, even with these lulls between episodes. I'm going to get Chris Lilburn in here next episode through Hell or High Water. And again, we just appreciate you standing by us and for all your support. We don't mean to take such big breaks in between episodes, but got to take care of the big stuff first. But we thank you for tuning in. Again, we're on the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget about the TalkBack mic if you listen on the free iHeartRadio app because you can take that TalkBack mic, sound off on whatever we talk about, and you just might make it on a future episode. So make sure to use it. Till next time, I'm Corey Clue. Have yourself a good weekend, good week, and keep calm and chalk on. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.